Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past decade. I'm Jack Draper. With me is lead terrorist organizer, uh, oh Harford. Welcome. <laughs> you know, that's how uh, yeah. I'm typically introduced since about the fourth grade. I yeah. walk into yeah. class, and so I'm used to it. It's all good. I tried to pull out a quote like, but off the dome, but like nothing came. So I just like uh, that, kind of went with something vaguely like tying in. That was Tyler's uh, yearbook superlative was <laughs> most likely to yeah. join a terrorist. <laughs> most well. likely to become a <laughs> terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. And his, and his uh, yearbook photo is just like straight, like straight face, no smiling or anything. Yeah. Most likely to write yeah. uh, rapidity um, rapids. <laughs> <laughs> um was this your first watch of the year or was there something you rang in the new year with um no that was not my first watch of the year let's see the uh yesterday was the first as so the calendar I, tells us yeah as it says no i've already watched uh, a few movies this weekend got a little uh, oliver stone out of the way jfk a three-hour affair. Mm -hmm. um, all so three hours? All three hours. And, yeah. uh, you know, I can tell you the ins and outs of not <laughs> only theories. the assassination. Oh, so that's what the cork board is behind you and all the red yarn. I, this yeah. makes sense. I mean, yeah, I I've been up for 48 that. hours um, <laughs> mapping it all out. Um, and then after that, uh went with a little... Uh, palate cleanser with Saturday Night Fever got my got my boogie on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you're uh, did ones. you watch uh, Staying Alive the 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 sequel? Or... <laughs> I've never no, seen that. No, and seen and there's Alive, a new so. documentary on it. I think too, uh, Mr. Saturday Night. Um, oh yeah, maybe yeah. I'll watch that. But yeah, I, I like that a lot. Any any movie that has like an inordinate amount of dancing specifically like disco i'm like i'm here for mm -hmm. it yeah it's such a time capsule in 2022 we bring Me. back disco let's do it bruno mars has been trying for 10 years uh... <laughs> yeah it's a very small man yeah. yeah um for me i checked out nicole hall of centers lovely and amazing uh it's very good I feel like every time I see a new one from her, it's just like a new side of Catherine Keener as well. Um, yeah, it's like so clever and sharp. Because I, I was um, watching the movie at hand today on Canopy, and I was like, oh, what else is on here? And then uh, I saw a Hall of Center I hadn't seen before. Oh, was this on uh, Canopy? Yeah, the best. I watched... Yeah, it's on, a, it's on a plethora of places. Okay. I caught it on Hoopla, and I assume the quality would have been a lot better on Canopy. Yeah, the lot. other Canopy Hoopla. Yeah. Uh, Greg, how about yourself? Oh, um, what was the question? Oh, oh, if there's just anything you'd bring in the new year with watching. Oh, um... I uh, can't remember. It was yesterday. Um, I was very hungover, which is <laughs> part of the problem. 
Um, let me have a look. <laughs> That's more like oh. the solution. Well, I, I rewatched Four Lions for about the like eighth time. I think eight oh, is probably yeah. a conservative <laughs> number. Because um, uh, I've seen mm-hmm. Lock, Never seen five. it. Oh, wait. So mm-hmm. um, I also. Uh, <laughs> you I should watch it sometime. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I also did uh, Heaven is Still Far Away, the uh, Raisuki Hamaguchi short from uh, 2016, mm. which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Man of the Year. Yeah, he's really blown up. I mean, yeah. this is. This year's my introduction to him, and uh, now seen two features and two yeah, shorts, well. and uh, they're all incredible. Um, I watched about 20 minutes of Don't Look Up, that was enough of that. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, yeah. Well, I got to. I Close got to. Close his laptop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Time for bed. Uh, <laughs> well. Yeah, I got to uh, my Mark Rylance in I Am Sam, and I was like, oh, I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> and that concludes yeah, yeah. my time. I don't, I don't like what this, I don't like what I'm doing this. Yeah. Oh my uh, God, they, yeah. They should, it's real bad. They should have called it Don't Look at the, at the movie, or you'll want to die. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't look up at the screen. Yeah. This is where I'll plug last week's episode, The Big Short. Uh, we all loved it very much, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That, oh, that's my gosh. A um, you're, you're a rock star at this already. You're, yeah. <laughs> Plugging yeah. your own show. I mean, considerably, considerably better movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, this is what, yeah, yeah, you just do this throughout the episode. Yeah. <laughs> we even, like, plug it where it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Yeah, but um, the, the big short is very good. But you see yeah. the warning signs for vice and don't look out in fits and stuff. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it just you, like, you lost all self control. Yeah, um, I yeah. found the twenty minutes, um, and he started the decade so strong. The other guys, like, it's his best movie. Exactly, it's terrible. Out of boy. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh... I mean, well, one of the <laughs> finest uh, films of the twenty first century. Uh, the other guys, um, of course, yes, we all know this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, can't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know what you mean. TLC. Oh yes, banger year. Yes, which we shall get into later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, okay. Right, yes. Introduce you. Uh, Greg Hill Turner is oh. here today. Um, oh, hello. Yeah. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. Hey. Um, hey. I, don't, I don't really have um, any. I don't really have any credits uh, or anything to plug, um, so I'm You're just a your friend. IMDb. Of, yeah, yeah, I'm just a friend of Jack and Tyler. Uh, that's my yeah. most important role yeah. in my life. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, I cut you off. You said you you watched something else. Oh, um, I watched uh, Chris Morris' short film from 2002 uh, called. Oh, cool! It's called uh, My Wrongs. Uh, and then a bunch of numbers, uh, which was, uh, which I'll get into in a bit because it requires context. I've gone pretty hardcore on the research okay. for this because I was nervous. <laughs> uh, so I've watched two TV yes, shows. As am I. Uh, um, for this. As well as. Wow. Yeah, he was a TV writer uh, before. 
Yeah. I mean, do, do you want to get into it? <laughs> oh, um, before we do, very important okay. question to ask you. Um, where did your love of film start? Okay, sorry, I knew, I knew that question was coming. Uh, so I don't know why I tried to jump <laughs> forward. Last week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what love of film? Took a of water at the wrong time. <laughs> what, no, what are you talking about? Shit, fuck. <laughs> Movies? What do you mean? I don't know. You guys You guys told me to pick this movie. I don't know. Because <laughs> four lions and a... It's pretty much it. Yeah. What if I was just like the preeminent four lions scholar? Uh, what was it? Seen, seen that and don't look up. Those, I thought I'd start the year by yeah. what, watching my first two films. Um, yeah. So where did my love film start? I was thinking about this because I'm a fan of the show. Um, so I knew this question was coming. Um, and I feel like I have the most boring answer ever, which is I was like a Star Wars kid before I was a film kid, really. Um, so, um, yeah, I watched Star Wars all the time, and then I distinctly remember watching the, uh, there's a two-hour, um... And by Star Wars, you mean, like, Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi? I mean, yeah, that's where it started. That's where it started, like, like, I thought Nine was a clean (laughs) jump-in, uh, Palpatine (laughs) means nothing to me, but, um, yeah... Yeah, we've all been there. Somehow, we've all, we've all found out we're the grandchild of the uh, most <laughs> evil force in the universe. Um, I mean, he's British, and it makes sense. We know um, where we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I remember watching a, a two-hour feature-length documentary on the original trilogy. I think it's called Empire of Dreams. Um, and that's um, where, like, my interest in filmmaking began uh so that's where i kind of made the connection of you know filmmakers uh making films uh, um so yeah and then uh I, I you know kids watch movies so you know i've probably watched a normal amount of movies but that's when uh i became more kind of interested in it and then i'd say the kind of second turning point of kind of becoming uh, an absolute sicko, uh, as we all are today, was, um, uh, I remember I was 13, I saw 2001 uh, on 35mm, um, introduced by the British critic, uh, Mark Kermode, uh, preeminent uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog wow. skeptic, uh, Mark Kermode, uh, <laughs> uh, introduced it. Uh, and that's, you know, that was like one of the first kind of, you know, classic kind of challenging, uh, kind of transformative mm. films, especially. Capital I important cinema. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it kind of skyrocketed yeah. from there. I started writing reviews on the blog when I was 14. Uh, as when I started like watching like, um, a new release every week and a film a day. Uh, more or less, um, <laughs> and that was seven, eight years ago, and uh, now I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what led you to this moment. All roads lead to this. Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All conclusions. Um, 
what led you to watching Empire of Dreams at first? Was it like, I just want to learn more about Star Wars? Or did somebody show it to you? Um, no, I think it was just, I watched the three movies so many times. And the prequels as well, because you know, they came out when I was very young. So they were also part of you growing mm-hmm. up. But I think I was just kind of interested in learning more um, about it. And... Um, yeah, that kind of blew my mind in terms of, you know, the craft of filmmaking and um, stuff. Um, I thought maybe for mm-hmm. a time when I was a kid, I want to make films, but now I'm pretty happy just uh, watching them and sometimes talking about them. Yeah. Yeah, same with me. Um, yeah, very cool. And then, you know... You find it's funny they bring out Marco Mode actually. Kind of looks like he was mixed on the movie at hand today. <laughs> in in his uh, in his review in twenty ten. Yeah, I I watched that um today, that uh, his review. Um which I um some yeah. it's kind of hard to tell how much he liked it because <laughs> he was like it's not very funny. But... <laughs> that, that's with a lot of his reviews. <laughs> well, it's honestly. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I left yeah. a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mark Mark Hamill yeah. once hit me in the face. Um, is he like respected, or or like yeah. what's the reputation? I don't. I, I can never tell. Mark. No, he's he's like he is. yeah. Yeah, he's probably yeah. not on the same level as Ebert in terms of like non-film people, like him being a celebrity in that way. Um, but he's probably the closest we have, um, at least at the moment. Um, to that um mm-hmm. and so it's like he's definitely <clears throat> the most like yeah he does feel like a very big name yeah yeah he's definitely the most well-known along with like peter bradshaw yeah. and a few other people uh danny lee um yeah but um yeah he's very well robbie collin feels like he, he's like pretty big too yeah yeah he's everywhere um but yeah marco mode is like he mm-hmm. has like so much going on um and he would do these 35 millimeter screenings um, near where I live in um, Truro um, at the Plaza, which is a great cinema and one of the few places in Britain that still has a 35 millimeter projector. Um, uh, yeah, cool. and he was, uh, I remember one time, I can't remember what the film, which film it was, um, but in the break between the film ending and like the talk back, um, we're queuing for the toilet. I, uh, he was talking to someone behind me. I uh, turned around to, or I came out to uh, go back to my seat, and he's kind of known for his flappy hands, uh, and he bashed me around the face <laughs> accidentally. Uh, so I was almost blinded by Mark Ramirez when I was like fourteen. <laughs> formative film going memory uh for me yeah. um, oh my god <laughs> yeah so i whenever he comes track up, him I'm down like, and like do the same one day awesome. like get your revenge yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you're wrong about four lions as well thank so, god that's for four lions that's <laughs> for you're wrong about right somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> um yeah i was gonna oh shoot i was gonna oh um, when I was doing research for our Blair Witch episode, uh, mm. which, you know, came out during horror month, 
it's funny. I was watching um, this like news reel about like the making of Blair Witch, and like they interviewed some of the cast. And then the second part, and then when the news clip was over, it cut into um, Mark Hamrod's review. But he's like in the forest. He's like in the woods <laughs> for Blair Witch, and he's like he has the camera up to like the angle where it's like you know it's like down to your face. Oh my god! And it's like so. It's the middle of the night. We're in the middle of absolutely nowhere, and look what we've got. See all this stuff? Look. Look. Hats. T-shirts. Badges. Posters. Stickers. CD. Torch. Now all this stuff is clearly the promotional material for some multi-million dollar movie like Armageddon or Godzilla. Except, of course, it isn't. Because unlikely as it sounds, all this is actually the byproduct of a film that cost around $35,000 to make, that was shot by two Florida film school graduates who'd never made a feature before and didn't even expect this one to get released. But unbelievable as it may sound, this is where you get to when you follow the trail of the Blair Witch. Profoundly so bizarre. important work yeah, um, horror history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> These are my nostrils. Um, and, and yeah. like, you know, he places the camera down at one point. It's like you're at the campfire around with Mark Remote, just like talking about this. Is like so, uh, it would so be amazing jarring. if he um, if he just talked about the movie for, you know, a half hour special just with his back uh, away from the camera facing a brick wall, just recreating <laughs> the, the final shot. Yeah, like, the final shot. <laughs> right, 1999 Sundance was taken by yeah, storm. You should do that with movies that doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we we like need... hardly make out what he's saying, too. Yeah, yeah. We need a half hour special on Clifford the Big Red Dog. He's just riding a CGI Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> this dog is too big. Yeah, he's like really committed. Yeah. <laughs> too red. Work. Yeah. Yeah. I can accept the size, but the redness... Dogs aren't usually this size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a um, Neil okay, but... Tyson. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Shades of gravity. But the movie at hand, uh, Four Lions. Two, three, action. Hey, you don't believe in kafar bastards. I'm going to turn no, you to No, no, What? What's with the gun? Proper replica, man. It's too small, man. Not too small, brother. Big hands. The way to stop the feds tracking you is very simple. You eat your SIM card. Can I cook, man? A total idea is I can't even get them to stir the tea without smashing a window. My plan is, though, to put a bomb on a crow. We're way beyond crows now, Fessy. Answered the call, bro. Training camp. Pakistan. What? What? That's a drone. You gotta take it out. Must have been God's plan. Of course, so how could that be God's plan? Well, it can't be God's plan to leave the lads with Barry, can it? Why do we need a training camp anyway? We're primed. We don't need some tramp up a mountain telling us to set a fuse. What we're gonna do is got a blast in history. Echo through the ages. Blow something up. What we're we gonna blow up, Raj? Internet. What? 
Costume. We can we can disguise the gear in there, and it's perfect. Waiting for the fun run, lads. Yeah. Charity. If you're gonna die in that gear, lads, it's all for a good cause, though. Yeah. Uh, would love to know when the first like what your first exposure here was. Um, I don't know because I've seen it so many times. It's hard to tell. Um, I'm pretty sure I watched it when I was like 14 or so uh, on Love Film which is, was a, a British streaming service. I think Amazon bought Love Film and it became Prime Video here, um, if I remember correctly. It was, it was kind of like Netflix, uh, where you could order DVDs and Blu-rays, or they had a streaming service as well. Um, yeah, so I just heard about it. I already had the kind of cult reputation here and Chris Morris is you know, quite a big deal uh, in the British comedy scene. Um, I watched it, I loved it uh, so much and it's kind of become uh, one of those films where it's, I don't, it sounds bad, but do you guys have films where um, like, especially comedies where like, if you don't find this funny or you don't appreciate this, then we're probably not compatible <laughs> or you know like movies like i always wet, felt like in bruges was like that summer. with me yeah in bruges yeah uh, yeah wet, yeah, wet heart uh, zoolander like yeah. monty python like mm -hmm. and i just mm -hmm. like i've seen this movie so many times because it's just super show, bad super bad yeah um i'll just show friends mm -hmm. this movie don't look um, up yeah exactly <laughs> uh <laughs> Vice makes important points about uh, our society today. Um, um, yeah, so it's just one of those movies where I just show it to friends. Um, and yeah, and I kind of became a tradition with uh, people I'd seen it and you know, just kept watching it and watching it. Um, but I hadn't seen it in probably two years mm -hmm. or so until yesterday. Um, so it was quite fresh, which is nice. Nice. Yeah, another had I. Um, now, would you, would you show it to other people and that's where you got to rewatch it more? Or was it just yeah. like you would watch it independently and then show it to more people? Um, probably a, a mix. I remember, like, it was a big kind of sleepover movie. But, like, I remember Airplane was one as well. But, like, just get people together and uh, watch this and because um, I know they would appreciate it um, so uh, we have a kind of similar sense of humor and stuff um, yeah mm -hmm. so it's just gradually become one of the films I've seen the most uh, in my life yeah yeah because cool. it's like so key to like find the people that you know will find it funny but not, but it's like abrasive enough that it can it can go in the opposite direction with a new group of friends. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm sure. But for me, I saw this in a high school. Oh yeah, what was that? No, that's all right. I'll uh, get to it uh, later. Yeah. So, um, for me, I saw this in my high school film class, and that was that was really fun. I had never. I think I might have like seen the poster. Uh, somewhere like I, I, 
I had never seen Riz Ahmed before this. Me um, neither. Or maybe I I'd seen him in Nightcrawler, but uh, mm. but then forgot who it was. Um, yeah. And now we all know who he is, uh, and that's fun. And my class just like really dug this a lot. Like we were just having a ball watching this together. Um, especially when, uh, face all dies, like that, that, that got like such a big laugh from, from the entire classroom. <laughs> like yeah, it's just I, so absurd. Um, I have such tripping a... over, tripping over the sheep. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When he's like running down the hill at a, like this canted yeah. angle. <laughs> um, I remember, uh, watching, <laughs> showing it to my friend Charlie and him literally just losing his mind. Like I, I've never seen him laugh that yeah. hard in his life. We had to pause it for like five minutes because yeah, 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 it was yeah. just the image of him like <laughs> going diagonally across this field. And that's funny enough. And then like he, he would like wipe his wipe his eyes, look up at the screen, and then he falls down, blows up the sheet. <laughs> and then. And then yeah, it's it the sheepest sand? collateral that makes it. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like I couldn't separate it. <laughs> I couldn't separate Faisal from the sheep. <laughs> oh my god, so this good. thing's crazy. Um it's so good. Um yeah, and, and like, you know, I just remember that viewing just being like one of the best of that class I took, just so accessible. And I think we were out of time uh in 2018 that we were far removed from like the release and you know world events that we could like laugh at this while also uh focusing on like what it's trying to satirize and like uh mm -hmm. the morality at, at play um how was it and framed? uh yeah it's just perfect timing how was it framed to you like in class like what was the purpose of showing it to you or what was it trying to demonstrate it was a world cinema class um yeah, I'm just trying to think of the other movies that were on the syllabus. I know A Separation was on there. Uh, Incredible movie. Time Crimes. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, what's the other? Uh, but Oh, uh, Amos Peros was on there. Not a good movie. Uh, hmm, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I but... probably won't. <laughs> Um, so yeah, how did you, I'm, I'm... sorry, there's like a few big ones that I'm probably forgetting, but hmm. yeah, I, it's interesting that this was the British film he chose. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> this movie only could only have, uh, been made in Britain, uh, for so many reasons. Um, mm -hmm. like, and it's made it yeah, a really interesting point in, uh, like Britain's relationship with, uh, like, um, the, this terrorism stuff. Cause it was after the seven, seven bombings, which happened in, I think, 2005, 2005 or 2006, uh, which is like, I, one of the biggest terrorist attacks that happened here. Uh, and then, I mean, I was a kid, so I might be forgetting stuff, but there wasn't as much by the time this movie had come out and then like ISIS and things that really, uh, that was like that period in the 2010s for like 2013 to 16, 17 or something where 
or maybe 18, mm -hmm. where like yeah. the Ariana Grande bombing happened. You know, like what it was mm -hmm. five or so really big uh, incidents. So, uh, so it was definitely like a media conversation and stuff, but um, this wasn't even at the height of uh, this kind of terrorism in this country. Um, yeah, I remember it... the uh, videos of ISIS cutting people's heads off was really big mm -hmm. as well. Um, like mm -hmm. th that was like the viral controversy. Um, oh, and I just remembered uh, Lives of Others was a big movie that played in the oh. world cinema class. That was that was like an instant favorite of mine as well as uh, a separation. Nice. Yeah. It played very well. So how did you feel about the... Yeah, I mean, time? like I said, uh, I first came to the movie um, about two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had never heard of it uh, before we were doing the podcast. I think this is not the first movie that we've done where that has been the case with me. So pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I've been living under a rock for the past 10 years. Um but no, so this came out in 2010, was a Sundance movie. Mm -hmm. I uh, for sure was less plugged into movie scene uh, at that time than I am now. Um, I was still going to the movies all the time, um, but more just like mainstream American stuff. Um, but no, so catching up with this now, I mean... I, uh, Obviously, we'll talk about it, but I like it a lot, and it's different coming to this movie now um, as opposed to seeing it at the time because of some different things like uh, Riz Ahmed and um, Kevin Novak, um, mm -hmm. who I love on What We Do in the Shadows, um, yeah. and, and this show is or this, excuse me, this movie is very similar to that energy. Um, so it was cool seeing it in that way. Yeah, I mean, um, we had brought up uh, Riz Ahmed uh, before. This is uh, for sure like a big breakthrough um, for him. Um, I was watching <laughs> an interview with him uh, about this movie earlier. And I did, I've heard his music before, but um, uh, he was uh, making uh, music for uh, quite a long time. Uh, and he still does under, uh, I think it's Riz MC. Um, he had an album last year uh, called The Long Goodbye, which is very good to recommend uh, to people, which is kind of about his relationship with uh, Britain and British culture, um, especially like in the uh, wave of Brexit and things. Um, uh, yeah, so he's been making kind of socially conscious rap music for a long time. Um, and Chris Morris heard that and that was, uh, or heard some of his music and that's how they kind of became, it came into contact um, with each other. And this is um, his first starring role um, for sure. He um, was also in Centurion this year 2010 which is a neil marshall movie i think it's mm -hmm. neil marshall yeah neil marshall movie uh with michael fassbender mm -hmm. um and then he's in ill manners uh i don't know if that movie translated at all um to the states 
uh, but it was quite a big kind of um, uh, kind of local British hit. Um, it's directed by uh, Plan mm. B, who's a, another rapper. Uh, it's about kind of inner city London. It's a very good movie because um, it's based. It's almost a musical because um, it has a full soundtrack uh, created by uh, Plan B, um, and it's like kind of a series of interlocking stories, and each story has a song that goes with it uh, in the movie. And he's uh, Plan B is like the narrator kind of. Uh, kind of telling these stories, and Rosamed is the lead of that. Um, but yeah, he definitely kind of got more global attention with Nightcrawler, which is fantastic. In uh, mm -hmm. and yeah. then the night of, like, set him off for mm. everything. I still haven't seen. Yeah, we've, we've talked to Nightcrawler in here, and that's, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very good. I recommend that. Um, and you know, before we started, we. We talked a bit about Andrew Garfield, and I feel like Riz Ahmed is similar in that he's been around uh, and works so consist consistently throughout the decade that his portfolio feels so much bigger than it actually is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, like he's pretty much always been in the conversation, at least here, um, like uh, from Four Lions, then Ill Manners is two, minute, two, two years later, and then Nightcrawl is two years after that. Um, and then 2016 was like the big blow up year. So you've got uh, The Night Of, you've got Jason Bourne, you've got uh, Rogue One, um, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I was going to say Jason Bourne. <laughs> no, no oh, good. Nice. Very bad. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a, yeah. Like, that's I love... a closest laptop movie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> No, I, I love Riz Ahmed, but I think he's given two bad performances that I've seen, which is Jason Bourne and Venom, which are kind of similar roles, and they're very anonymous, kind of underwritten villains that, mm -hmm. you know, wear a suit and have no real personality or... Um, dimension. Any yeah. kind of con yeah, they feel like they could be played by anybody when... Yeah. Like, I, I think his best performances are... Are roles that are consciously or unconsciously written for him, like Nightcrawler, Sound of Metal, Night of Four mm -hmm. Lions, you know. But um, yeah, and also he's he's in the final season of Girls uh, as yeah, as yeah. Paul Louis, uh, which is very funny to think of. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, um, but he's he's such a kind of reliable uh, presence uh, most of the time, like. Even in like Rogue One, he barely has anything to do, but he, he has a few uh, good moments. Mm -hmm. um, and then like from 2018 onwards, he's kind of been at the races. Uh, like, have you guys seen uh, The mm -hmm. Sisters Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. It's a good one. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, and Sound of Metal was my favorite movie of that year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that movie's incredible. So. Uh, like that, that final shot yeah. where it's just a close up on him and like, he processes. Oh my so god, much. it slayed me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. staggering. Yeah, and he had. Uh, Hope it was an Oscar film. someday. Yeah, like, I think in a different year he definitely could have for uh, Sound Metal and such a fantastic performance, but that mm -hmm. was a really good category uh, with Hopkins and mm -hmm. Bozeman. Yeah. Um, it was only going to be those two. Um, 
But yeah, and he had a very mm-hmm. similar role in uh, this British film called uh, Mogul Mowgli, which uh, was a festival film, 2020. Oh yeah, officially came out last year, um, which was really good as well. Um, that got me out of movie actor one time. I had never, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody else in it. Not the Jungle Book movie, yeah. Mowgli. <laughs> no. That movie, that's a movie I turned off. (laughs) Not Andy Serkis's, uh, yeah. Have you guys seen that movie? (laughs) It's genuinely, like, it's difficult (laughs) to look at. That doesn't look real. It's like, it's not even unwatchable in terms of content, just how it looks. Like, the the level of uh, mocap and creature design is truly horrifying in a profound existential way. Um, I, I had a horrible time. It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I yeah, couldn't. The handle. vibes were off. Yeah, it, it made me uncomfortable. Exactly, the vibes are off. It's well, that's just, funny because like a... uh, next week on the podcast, <laughs> Mowgli, uh, Mark Kermo talks uh, Mogul Mowgli and hitting Greg in the face. It's a double feature. <laughs> that's next week's episode and Blair Witch in the Woods yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah he goes back to the woods for the record yeah <laughs> on Zoom like um, that's, um, that's my favorite but piece. he's so good in this as like just a mm. voice of reason as, yeah yeah um, as, as a voice of reason and uh, the deadpan humor plays so well in fact uh, my teacher when, in, when I saw this in class Went as far as to like show us the clip and the opening when he's like editing the um uh the everyone's tapes um mm. of like their uh their pleas and uh and he's like i'm gonna add in like just a whole yeah i'm gonna add in um uh, a live studio audience laughter to this opening just to, like <laughs> hammer in the point of like how absurd this is <laughs> like we watched the opening with like you know Mm. Um, the effects laugh track and yeah, laugh track, and, and it was just like, oh my god, yeah, That's like funny. we didn't have to go this far, but the fact that we did just made this uh, this all the better. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll say um, the comedy, what the humor uh, took a bit to click for me, and it kind of really snapped into place in one scene in particular where I realized, okay, I know what type of movie this is and, like, I'm here for it, is uh, when Omar's talking to, is it Waj? Waj, um, yeah. k Novak's character, Waj. He's talking to him like, uh, you know, you have to kill me, and he's like, you won't kill me. And he's like, I swear I'll kill you. <laughs> and they're going back and forth for like three minutes. Um, I was like, okay, I got it now. Um, yeah, I really like that. That'd be one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm. I've, I think what's um, interesting about uh, this film and uh, all of Chris Morris's stuff is there's a sensibility about them that um is pretty constant through everything he's done um uh but also the types of jokes uh there's quite a kind of diverse range of like 
it's all very dark, but there are like moments there's just like um just like what they're saying is just so ridiculous or like uh, insult comedy where they're just like tearing into each other um or uh kind of absurdist uh stuff or slapstick moments like Faisal uh running down the hill and the squat run thing um so i think there's like there's a whole kind of broad range of um stuff um yeah wait, do you guys want me to mm -hmm. talk about chris morris in general because i think um yes please yeah that's is, a great yeah. segue yeah okay um this is so this is his first feature film um he's kind of a uh mm -hmm. he's only made two um uh but he's quite a big kind of um uh, kind of comedic figure in the uk i'm not sure what a good comparison would be um now i can't really think of anyone who's kind of done this kind of broad range of things but he started off in radio um and uh, i hadn't heard any of it but there was an early 90s kind of satirical radio show um called uh god sorry on the hour uh which is where he met armando iannucci um who uh created the thick of it um and veep um and um uh that's also where i met steve coogan um and stuart lee um, and uh his kind of most famous tv work uh is um the day-to-day -day, which i had seen clips of before re researching this but i watched all of it it's only six episodes it's all on youtube uh and it's like uh well he did uh the day-to-day -day and brass eye which are both kind of satirical news shows but of very specific types of british uh news programming like the day-to-day -day is uh very much doing a channel 4 news thing which doesn't mean anything to most people listening to this uh but uh um that's kind of more where you have like uh it's more general it's like the day the day's news um and also like little segments mm -hmm. of you know dispatches kind of uh various things but uh and that, that's kind of a mix of this absolutely kind of surreal uh, kind of almost kind of word salad what is happening um kind of style of humor uh and also uh kind of satirizing um kind of news like uh media hysteria um and also uh kind of referencing things that were happening uh at the time and then brassai is uh more of a kind of like documentary style where each episode is about a specific topic um like there's one about drugs there's one about um uh health i think um yeah well one about science one about uh sex uh, one about animal rights which i thought was uh incredibly well done uh as a vegan uh like it manages to uh weave that needle in a really important way uh but um uh it's most kind of controversial thing is um there was a so they did six episodes of brass eye um and then a special in 2001 
uh, called Pedo Geddon, which is about uh, pedophilia, and it's the best thing Chris Morris has done. It's absolutely, I genuinely, like, people say, oh, you couldn't make this today anymore. I think that's often uh, kind of a bullshit thing. It's like, maybe you don't need to make this anymore, or uh, there's like a specific cultural reason that something is happening at, uh, at this time, or uh, kind of discourse changes and you know, culture changes uh, so often. Yeah, it couldn't be made today, but also I can't believe even for 2001. Maybe something thing... was right place, right time when it did come out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this, I would not have, if I was running Channel 4, which is where uh, this was released, I wouldn't have let people, people see this. Uh, it's the most complained about uh, mm. piece of British programming ever. Uh, apparently there are over 3,000 complaints to the uh, media regulator um, because it's oh my God. Um, yeah, there are like straight up, genuinely like unbelievable things that are said and done and shown in this thing and it's very confrontational and I think that's um, an important word because he gets more confrontational as he goes along really like the day to day is like there are jabs to politics and uh, kind of the culture at the time, but then Brassai gets uh, a lot more um, pointed, especially with Peter Um And then um, after, after Brassai, uh, there's this show called Jab, which is a sketch show. Um, and I couldn't, I could not handle Jab. <laughs> it's um, it's so incredibly dark and bleak it's genuinely like we brought up the mark Cremo review of four lines earlier where he said i didn't find this movie funny um but i did find it effective and that's kind of how i feel about uh jam it's like um talking about things uh in such a frank but also kind of nihilistic way that's almost too much um and then a lot of these you'll see kind of British comedic staples show up in them. Like Steve Coogan started Alan Partridge in the day to day. Um, and Graham Linehan wrote on that, unfortunately, uh, who did uh, IT Crowd and is now a horrible man. Or mm. I've always been a horrible man. Uh, and, then, and then Chris, we don't know. But, oh. And then Chris Morris is in the IT Crowd. I quite uh, like the IT Crowd. So I, mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah he's. Do you know who he plays? He plays uh, uh, Denim, the, the guy who jumps out the window. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. The old, yeah, yeah, the yeah. old boss. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I more recognize just like Chris O'Dowd and Richard Aoti. Yeah. But... yeah. And then uh, Chris Morris has yeah. a small role in the double. Um, uh, I love oh, his second yeah, film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Amanda Iannucci wrote on this on the day-to-day -day in Brassai, and then mm -hmm. Chris Morris worked on Veep, uh, and uh, yeah, there's a few other people. And then once you get to, oh, and then he did, sorry, in 2005 he did a show called uh, Nathan Barley, which I haven't seen yet, uh, with Charlie Brooker, uh, who did went on to do uh, oh, Black Mirror. Yeah, sure. Um, which Black is a, it's yeah. a satire on like hipsters, so I feel like it could be a bit dated this point or not is kind of resonant mm. today um, and you said it's 2005 so it's like that's hard to stay relevant yeah yeah 
I've heard it's like very kind of specific to the time. Um, and then once you get to mm -hmm. Four Lions, he's working with uh, Jesse Armstrong, who did Peep Show. Well, Jesse Armstrong and Sam Bain, uh, and they did Peep Show, Fresh Meat, uh, and Jesse Armstrong's. He uh, did this other thing on HBO, I think. Yeah. Uh, I can't uh, remember uh, what else. Uh, yeah, that me and, and Jack have never uh, discussed yeah. <laughs> in any way or thought no, about no, 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 profoundly. No, not once. He did, no. he did succession no. for people who <laughs> don't know what we're talking about, yeah. uh, which is you know, <laughs> right, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can, on, yeah. you can see a yeah. bit of succession in this in terms of the dialogue and these kind of long tirades. And, and the way it's shot, the documentary camera work. Uh, from yeah. Lowell Crowley. Yeah, I think that's a, yeah. um, that's kind of a, a style that uh, is in a lot of British comedies, like the kind of handheld. I think it's probably just the costing mostly. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that's kind of the style of Peak Show um, as well. It's the style of. And, and the British Office as well. Yeah, yeah The Office. Um, and it's the same style as uh, Chris Morris' second film. I shouldn't have said the British office. I should just say the office, you know. <laughs> the office brackets UK. Um, yeah. As it's known on streaming, yeah. Yeah. And then when you get to The Day Shall Come, his film um, after I, this, uh, that's the same kind of aesthetic as well. Yeah. And, and, and you know, just to spotlight Will Carly for a second, I, I like that he's shot Brady Corbett's movies as well as Andrew Hyde's movies. I think that, you know, I don't know if I've noticed a similar visual language, but you know, there yeah. are like some is always flexible like that. Yeah. You just did the humans, uh, which I haven't seen. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. This was only his second film as a uh, cinematographer. And I mean, it looks like shit, mm. uh, <laughs> but you know, it's clearly, yeah. <laughs> you know, the the effort was not put into the kind of aesthetic of it. It feels very kind of grounded the and shot making realistic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like I was sort of an interview where there is like a good degree of improvisation. Like they said, they'd shoot like two or three takes on script and then improvise. And if you have handheld mm -hmm. um, yeah. shooting style, that makes that a lot easier. Uh, being able to and improvise and mm -hmm. uh, find things in the moment. Um, yeah, and then you know you see that in uh, even succession um, with like the improv combined with the kind of frenetic style of it, and uh, Veep as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, the bump scenes on everyone's face. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm reminded of our recent episode on Damsel in Distress that we commented on the way it looks and it almost looks unfinished. Um, and you know, the, the way it was shot here, it was kind of like reflecting the characters. And then I guess like, you know, I'll just make the same observation. Uh, I mean, on the episode, it's like, imagine if, you know, one of these guys made a documentary about themselves and it's like, mm -hmm. this is how it would turn out sort of, sort of. Yeah, deal. Like yeah. the first shot is, um, of a kind of very low grade, uh, handheld, um, like yeah. personal use camera, and then when it cuts to yeah. you know, the object, I think it's Barry view. trying to get the yeah. the tape to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You have the uh, the small gun. Yeah. The cameras uh, are gonna die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like those cameras aren't much better than the ones uh, the filmmakers are using. Um, 
you know, so it feels... You know, yeah, totally. And Sheffield, where it's shot, um, which is uh, in the north of England, it's kind of mid the bottom of the north or the top of the Midlands, uh, if you want to talk about it. Like, it's a very kind of mm. rainy, cloudy, hilly, uh, not especially, you know, glamorous place. Yeah, there's no sunshine at all in this thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. It's a very grey uh, movie in a lot, a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have any more on Chris Morris? Or... Oh, um, yeah, well, it's been weird uh, since then, because uh, you've had... Uh, he's only made one more film. He's worked uh done some tv writing um uh but uh like on veep and uh, a few other things but he made uh the day shall come in 2019 uh which is a strange uh mm. movie because it's about um a black nationalist terrorist in the u.s um and it's kind of split between him and uh an fbi agent played by um anna kendrick and so it's very similar subject matter mm -hmm. to Four Lines. And I remember at the time, I was kind of like, I love Four Lines, but this feels bizarre that you're going back to this very specific well. Um, uh, sure, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't like it nearly as much, but I do think it um, satirizes the kind of American um, intelligence uh, system um and uh thing and the kind of culture uh in a decently specific way although it's clear that it uh, it's not coming from as much of a kind of place of uh specificity as uh, this one is where uh like i was reading that he mm. researched it for like three years um before writing and then it took another few years to get it made um i think um yeah, he said in an interview that uh, the inspiration for the movie was uh, reading about uh, this botched fail, um, terrorist attack in Yemen uh, where uh, these guys had made a bomb and were uh, going to uh, go and uh, blow up some like thing in the harbour. So uh, they got it onto this small boat then set it off in, into the water and it just sank immediately <laughs> and he said he's just imagining <laughs> imagining the conversation that must have happened uh yeah. after that and gone yeah. just like what, what do you talk about when your bomb just slowly sinks into the ocean um and just that yeah right right, right. And, it, and this this idea of like <clears throat> five guys and it's not so much like Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's not like so much like, like, yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, the banter. And it's not so much like the, um, the act of criminality, but it's like gathering the supplies and, um, what you yeah. talk about in between, um, or like Faisal, like covering his beard and like, you know, <laughs> disguising himself with a woman voice. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But why are you covering the face? Yeah. She's got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing but yeah just like the idea of like the yeah, banality yeah. of the process and 
Uh, like I was saying, if you get five guys right. in the room to try and organize anything, it's probably going to be a disaster. Um, so when you, uh, <laughs> when you, right, let into... alone like a terrorist attack. Yeah. 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 yeah so, and yeah, I was yeah. trying to look into like the, any kind of controversy around the movie because you think it's obviously a very specific, uh, controversial, you know, sensitive issue for very obvious reasons um mm -hmm. and uh, especially like, at this time like uh is kind of big media focus uh in britain um but uh i think the movie manages to never make fun of you know people dying uh, i'd say that there's a degree of like slapstick to uh barry's death and obviously faisal but like in terms of civilians like Barry's death by the guy's giving him the Heimlich and he yeah. blows up. I'd say that's the only time the movie really makes light of a civilian dying. Um, and so the joke is always yeah. on, on the terrorists, uh, more or less, and their ideas and uh, their yeah. kind of schemes and uh, plans and stuff, uh, rather than kind of making light of kind of tragic circumstances, which I think is a very important, uh, you know, balance the strike yeah definitely uh it, it never like vilifies them it just and it never judges them i feel like it just shows them and how they they go about um enacting all these plans even if it if the um uh desires to enact them are still murky in their eyes like they can still be like it's it's for good it's like part of god's plan but yeah like mm. why why must we sacrifice ourselves just to take others with us and they yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they ever can come to a conclusion um maybe maybe yeah. omar does but i was um, saying it's like there are like of, barry doesn't even understand the religion he's a part of exactly yeah and i think it's important that there are five very different people and they have different attitudes to yeah 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 they're so distinct mm -hmm. um yeah so it, it never comes off as stereotypes or or at least for my perspective, it mm -hmm. didn't come off as uh, kind of. Uh, it never felt lazy in terms of um, the targets that they were striking, and um, like the five people, like Omar is clearly the most intelligent of them, and the most kind of uh, grounded in terms of his reasons for doing these mm -hmm. horrible things. Like he, he has the kind of coherent philosophy. Like the movie starts with him talking about. Um, kind of Western imperialism and commercialism and <laughs> materialism and uh, all mm -hmm. these things, um, and his disgust at that, and his uh, his desire to kind of um, take action against it. Um, and the movie obviously never justifies um, anything they're doing, uh, but you have like that scene where um, his brother uh, is um, his house is raided and he's treated as <laughs> suspicious and like and then you it's get a water pistol bro it's a water yeah. pistol <laughs> yeah um when you yeah. when you get to the final scene and he's like potentially being tortured for something his brother did um and there are moments of kind of clear discrimination against uh, uh british asians and british muslims in particular um that mm -hmm. contextualize uh what's happening whilst also also uh never kind of giving them justification for their actions. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, yeah, and I, I think for that reason, it was um, sold to the British Muslims in a pretty good light as well. Like they never reacted poorly or, or thought they were portrayed inaccurately. In fact, like yeah. from Chris Morris's interviews, it seems like it was a pretty good reception. Which they're like, oh wow, it goes to show like the the fact that this is like a movie about uh, uh, friendship and camaraderie and um, self understanding. Um, but they just happen to be terrorists. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I guess, and there's, uh, there's this incredible clip of a Q and A, and um, I'm pretty sure it's in America, and a woman asked um like uh have you had any kind of pushback from british muslims and if so how have you handled it and chris morris is like so we're now living in a hypothetical in your head of people you don't know and you don't know if this has happened reacting negatively to it um and uh, you're assuming that's happened then you asked me about this imaginary situation uh, and he said like there hasn't really been any uh, real pushback. Um, uh, I believe, like, the conservative media did go, like, uh, did question uh, the movie uh, in some ways. Like, there are definitely uh, reviews uh, from more uh, kind of right-leaning uh, papers that uh, found the movie in poor taste. I mean, if you find the movie in poor taste, I think that's a fairly... that's. I can see an argument for that. If you think this is just a subject that can never be touched in a comedic way, then I think that's right, the, right, right. That's if it's the, not this, then what? Yeah, yeah. But I, I suspect that yeah. um, people who see the movie, I don't know how fair you can, uh, how fairly you can really mount an argument that it's making light of um, uh, terrorist uh, actions. Um, mm-hmm. In a way that's disrespectful to anyone but terrorists. Yeah, I think that last part is the key point. Um, is it's it's like making fun of them. It's not uh, propping up anything about terrorism. Yeah, sure. Um, although, like the the line of exploitation, I never really can get a grasp on um but it's just one of those things i guess you'd know it when you see it i still don't know when i see it after doing all those documentary episodes uh although i did see this in class in 2018 when jojo rabbit came out in 2019 i saw this compared to a few reviews for jojo rabbit uh which is interesting because wow. i think this is a far better movie and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah i i forget yeah. who wrote the reviews or uh, uh who where they, where they were for, uh, but I just remember being like, "Oh, well, that's," I suppose. Yeah. I, but um, well, they're, they're both comedies about sensitive issues, um, but I'd say the style of mm-hmm. comedy and the approach to the subject matter is like this mm-hmm. movie. Like the last, and one 50, is funny, and, and one isn't. Yeah, exactly. That's a key point. A comedy yeah, about that's, that's the issues big, yeah, yeah. being yeah. funny yeah. always a plus. Uh, in my eyes, um, <laughs> but um, what was I say? Um, yeah, I, like the last act of this movie, it gets kind of pretty profoundly disturbing and depressing, yeah. um, especially um, with Wadge's character, because um, you really get 
a sense over the movie that there's this clear kind of affection between him and Omar. Uh, I think Omar does genuinely really like this guy. Um, I think they're meant to be cousins. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if that's explicitly um, said. Yeah, um, yeah. But, it, so, but yeah. it becomes clear over the movie that Omar is more or less exploiting uh, Wadge's kind of lack of intelligence, lack of self-awareness. Um, like, once you get to um, the scene um, in the um, in the kebab shop at the end where he's like, he doesn't really understand mm. why he's doing this. He doesn't, um, he knows this is like what's expected of him, uh, by Omar. And this is like, this is what we do, but yeah. there's, uh, he doesn't really have any, it, it's for the rapid doing rapids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys know what yeah. <laughs> rapid doing rapids is? Yeah. Not a clue, but I just know it from here. No. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, yeah. really became a catch. <laughs> I, I mean, I always remembered it from this. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Alton Towers is like the big, the biggest theme park in the UK. It's like a Six Flags. Oh, that's funny. Uh, kind of deal. I was just going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And yeah. So I've been on Rubber Dingy Rapids. Not even like top five rides uh, in <laughs> Alton Towers. <laughs> Like Oblivion's bad, Nemesis yeah. is better. Um, air, air is amazing. Yeah. It's like mid tier. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I'm sure. I think there's yeah. a similar one in uh, Disney World, the one in Florida. I remember. It's just like a mm. you're on a big dinghy and you're going down the rapids. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I needed to explain <laughs> that one. Hence, <laughs> I feel yeah. like that was fairly clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbing your um, <laughs> No, but I think it. I, I think it makes perfect sense that that is like the objective for Wesh to to obtain at that point because it's like so easy, concise, simple to explain. Um, and yeah, he's always I been like... just taking orders, as you say, from Omar. And Omar doesn't like push him to like uh, uh, a manipulation, but it's it's become like I. I haven't gotten any pushback from Waj, and so therefore I can, I can trust you more. And, and unlike Barry, where it's like, I trust you yeah. less. Yeah, I, I, I can pretty much tell Waj to do anything, and um, like, and I get it's um, really kind of dark uh, in the scene, um, like outside the van once they get to the marathon, uh, and Waj is like, I'm not sure if this is right i don't know if this is what we're meant to be doing and i was trying to like turn listen to your heart listen to your brain uh swap them around uh and stuff um uh and he says i think that's where the manipulation becomes clear of this is like these are two kind of very different people um and only one of them really believes in what they're doing and that's what makes Wadge, I think the funniest character in the movie, but also by the end, the most tragic um, is that uh, if he was yeah. around different people, um, like things would have been much different for him. Um, whereas Omar is like very yeah. committed to it. Um, and Barry as well. Yeah. And, like, he's like too committed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Does it remind you a bit of the relationship between the two brothers in uh, Good Time? Right. Yeah. 
that's yeah. not a bad comparison. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, definitely. A, yeah, that's pretty much exactly right, yeah. Um, and then when you get to Barry, he's like, he's like, there's the rivalry between him and Omar. Um, uh, although mm-hmm. Omar's by far like more intelligent and more kind of, um, uh, I guess, I don't know, self-righteous, whereas uh, feels like Barry, Barry's a very interesting character because he's obviously a convert um, and he's the most kind of religiously mm-hmm. zealous uh, of them and he's kind of getting into trouble, going to like town meetings and things, setting up, I think it's the Islamic <laughs> State of oh Tinsley, God. which is amazing. Uh, oh my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, keynote, think, um, you know, speaking part, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, that's where you meet Hassan, who has, you know, the fake yeah, uh, bomb, and he's like, "You thought, yeah, of course, you yeah, thought it's yeah, real, because yeah. I'm Muslim." It's like, how do you expect people to react? Uh, yeah. This is not a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> I remember that being. One of what my do you think we are? Last. We are bombs strapped in yeah. the desert. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So you have Hassan, who's like seems like he's kind of in it, you know, to feel, uh, rebellious or, um, you know, he's kind of playing a role in a way of kind of being the troublemaker and, uh, um, whereas, and then you see, he makes a clear choice of like, once this gets real in the end, uh, like, I don't want to do this. This, this has gone too far. Um, and his death is pretty horrifying as well. He has like little brother energy that has um, um, mm. like I just want to be a part of the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Faisal is like similarly uh, similar to Wadge, and he's um, you know not very bright. I, but he, I feel like he's like the most hesitant throughout. Um, obviously, like his runtime gets cut short, but um, he never seems quite convinced about. Uh, what they're doing, um, but he does have some, you know, incredible mm. uh, moments like the beard scene and uh, um, his death. <laughs> uh, so it just his dad, uh, uh, that runner. Um, yeah. yeah. So ha- having that kind of wide range of characters is helpful uh, in a comedic sense because you have, you have five, yeah, uh, kind of dynamic dynamics you can create uh, between characters, like the rivalry between uh, Barry and Omar and then the kind of brotherly uh, relationship with uh, Wadge and um, uh, all of these things, which helps with the comedy and uh, with the drama um, and yeah, yeah the yeah. relationships between them all. And it makes the chemistry all the, all the much easier, uh, just since they're, they're not as homogenous. Uh, mm-hmm. And I love Adil Akhtar as uh, as Faisal. Yeah. I think he's one of the standout performances that I forgot um, when yeah, sure. uh, when first watching this. Um, and he and he's like you know popped up in things like The Dictator, The Big Sick. Uh, yeah, he's the Pam. Uh, brother in <laughs> you know. The so Big it's Sick. like he's crossed yeah. over a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. Yeah, it's um, interesting. Like all five of them. Well. 
I think with the exception of Nigel Lindsay, I haven't seen him in very much since, which is kind of mm. surprising. Um, yeah. Uh, he seems like a big theatre actor. Um, uh, he does a lot of theatre, but I haven't really seen him much uh, film and TV, whereas Riz is obviously uh, kind of crossed over and um, has like this mm. big... Like he's just got Very an Oscar nomination. Like he's, yeah. I think Kevin Novak has mm-hmm. uh, uh, what we do in the shadows, which I still need to see because um, I love that movie so much. Um, I still haven't seen any yeah. of the show. Um, and then uh, I do like Todd. Yeah, he's in, like you said, The Big Sick, and uh, he was in this British show Utopia, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a big cult thing um, about five years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, he's the co-lead in the new uh, Clio Barnard film, uh, which is called uh, Ali and Ava, which is shown in some film festivals here, but I think it's properly out uh, next year. Was it uh, okay. Clio Barnard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did um, Selfish Giant. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Then Asha Ali, as you know, he's been around. He was just in The Dig uh, with Ray Fiennes, uh, mm. Netflix movie. Uh, yeah. What if there was a dig? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that is very true. It's like uh, the movie starts, they find something they need to dig, they dig it, and then the movie ends. It's like, well, that sure was a yeah. dig. <laughs> yeah. Three stars. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, was, it was fine. Next. Yeah, that's they start digging and they find Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Mm-hmm. He's been buried all this time. He's been buried. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was buried again. Um, but speaking of the performances, I, I love um, Priya Kalita's uh, Sophia. Mm. Um, yeah, another so really you know. fascinating character. Like their relationship, um, her being kind of so so. I love how there's him. not a scene when she's like, "You're a terrorist!" Like, whoa! Yeah. Like she's just yeah. just in on it from like yeah, the moment I, uh, they're introduced. Like the scenes of her supporting her and kind of supporting him and giving him tape, like these motivational talks and saying you know i believe in you and stuff yeah. it's like from like from the out from a uh removed view it feels like quite sweet it's, oh this is a nice supportive loving couple and then you focus on what they're saying and it's like oh my god this is horrifying and then uh like you have this, <laughs> the, the scene with his son where he's kind of comparing it to the lion king and uh, yes, you know, the, the Lion King. Yeah, he's talking about suicide bombers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Simba threw the rock so hard that it swung back around and <laughs> killed Mufasa, <laughs> and this was like, you have to tell the truth. He's like, no, you shouldn't tell the truth. You have to beat Scar. We're not talking about the film. We're not. Talking... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh and yeah. So like. Again, that it's a loving uh, relationship, uh, but it's one where Omar is indoctrinating his son into kind of this hateful, violent uh, mm. ideology. Um, so again, it's the movie plays with uh, tone and um, kind of audience identification. Like at the end, you almost feel bad for, well, you at least feel bad for like Wadge. I would say, and Hassan to a degree, mm-hmm. um, and like the the movie mm-hmm. manages to uh, humanize 
all these people make them seem like real people whilst making fun of them and also showing the kind of horrifying consequences um, of their actions. And it's such a difficult... Um, yeah, because they were kind of roped into this. Yeah, like, yeah. It's such a difficult so balance to strike, yeah. uh, which I think Chris Morris has managed to do in uh, all of his films is, and TV work is like being confrontational, uh, like challenging the audience, um, whilst also kind of uh, never kind of being disrespectful to the people, like innocent people or uh, people who, you know, uh, don't need to be in the firing line. Um, like, like the mm. brother character, like the movie, like has jokes at his expense, but once you get to the end, uh, and the consequences of, um, his brother's actions and also the British state and, um, how, uh, British Muslims are treated, uh, with suspicion, like that's taken very seriously, uh, you know, in a movie where, uh, they blow up sheep and uh, they, uh, this frogging, uh, which, uh, which is a catchphrase yeah. between me and some of my friends now. Someone's, you know, being a dick. Gonna get frogged. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, the movie's just so, so remarkable. And, you know, I don't know, there aren't many movies that manage to mm -hmm. take something so serious and make it uh, so profoundly funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the debate if uh, if it's a bear or a wookie, like that's yeah, incredible like yeah. <laughs> yeah. hostage negotiation. It's a wookie or yeah. bear? Uh, no, a wookie is not a bear. <laughs> you you oh, shot yeah. it yeah. as a bear, but it's a wookie, <laughs> or it's a honey monster. Oh, uh, I I didn't I didn't mean to ask uh, before I forget what 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 are the puffins, the online Dropbox. Uh, I don't think they that's a real with... thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like a... Oh, okay. I don't think it's real, it looks it's like some like type of MMO you was playing. Yeah. It feels like Club Penguin. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. Of... That's what... Yeah. <laughs> it feels like Club Penguin. <laughs> I, I haven't thought sure... about that in the decade. That's awesome. I think oh, Wedge's Puffin is... is called Wedge Puff. Oh, it's... It's like a kid's, like, online... Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of chat room thing where... Um, yeah. Yeah, you you have your penguin avatar and uh you have I, a penguin. You can so... you couldn't really do anything on and then uh, everyone... Club Penguin. Like they were, were there games or anything? Yeah, you, you just, just sort of walk like around. walk around or you waddle around and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um meet up with your and, that's and what then you friends. You you dance and then uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. talk and I don't yeah, now that I'm thinking about this, like I don't yeah. Yeah, what penguin was the disco, appeal? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is what we had to do as, as kids, I guess. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. it's sort but of like Pop are... Tropica. Did you ever play that? Or did you? I don't think so. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there, are, there are a lot of like specific British cultural references, which are kind of just funny mm. because they're you know just so specific and niche and like there's like the the honey monster is this like cereal. Um, mascot he's like tony the tiger do you have frosties or is that another <laughs> british thing have i used the british thing to explain a british thing um no okay <laughs> is, clearly, I, i'm assuming it's clearly not reading a bit of, 
Yeah, yeah. But like, it's just like a yeah. serial mascot. Um, uh, what was the, yeah. what, what yeah. were references you guys didn't pick up on? So I'm blanking. Uh, the Puffins was one that came to mind first. Uh, but I'm trying to think of others. Yeah, that was um, the main one. I didn't know if uh, the the other ma- mascots they were dressed up as. Um, one of them was a Ninja Turtle, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, another is I didn't recognize the other ones. Hmm. Uh, What's that? He's the cereal uh, box guy for it. I think it's Honey Puffs. Is oh, the, okay. the, oh. the honey monster honey thing. Yeah. Um, and there's the upside down clown, mm-hmm. which is an amazing image. He's, he has to have his mm-hmm. arms yeah. up the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what the letter. The bomb won't oh, go but, off. Oh, and Wedges is the, um, the ostrich. Uh, this is an incredible yeah, show. I've yeah. been running through the street, mm-hmm. kind of waddling. Holding the neck. <laughs> yeah, holding yeah. the neck, yeah. Yeah, I remember I had one of those for, well, not that, but it was a similar thing for Halloween one year. I had a, uh, a Mario riding a Yoshi inflatable costume. So your your top, yeah, is, I've seen that. Mar- your top is Mario and then your legs are Yoshi's legs. And then there's Mario's little inflatable mm-hmm. legs on the side. <laughs> and you're just riding Yoshi in, <laughs> into the club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll try and find the And you're just like trying to hold up the head the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And like the battery would, you'd need a battery (laughs) because it's like a fan that was inflating it constantly. Uh, So the battery would die like halfway through and Yoshi would just kind of slump to the floor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then it's just kind of dragging him like. Yeah, so then it's getting all dirty and it's like dragging his dirt everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll find the music the starts playing. And yeah. Send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, again, that's the example of. I, I think I forgot how much kind of slapstick was in this movie. Uh, just like these, just absurd yeah, images. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Barry punching himself in the face, <laughs> which is a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. He's, he's bombing the yeah, mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is, yeah, really classic. classic and it's just like scene. no, we're not going to bomb them up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's trying to clarify like where the mosque is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the squat running. That was such a uh, yeah, very uh, funny, be- beautiful image. Yeah, Matt. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and that, that's stuff. <laughs> that's stuff like that's not guaranteed to be funny, but like, I think it credits the performance that they managed to uh you know find the uh, comedic in these kind of physical uh uh moments um to go along with like you know this incredible dialogue and uh kind of uh, larger contextual satirical uh stuff yeah yeah it's a blend of everything the performances are really good but uh the writing is fantastic too. You can tell it's like really well thought out and everything. Yeah. I'm sure there, were, like you said, there was improv in there, but um, 
at least all the scenarios they've imagined and uh, constructed is like it's all really well done. It, it reminds me almost of uh, Curb in that way. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I, I know uh, Fuck Mini Baby Bells was an uh, improv, uh, which is another kind of classic oh line, uh, <laughs> kind of quotable moment. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. just so yeah. like random and. It's like that's uh, who they're going after. Yeah. 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 I also I, wonder how this was received by like by more people at the time because this was the heart. I was thinking like, okay, this came out uh twenty ten, so like nine years after nine eleven. I feel like there's no way this movie could have come out like five years earlier. It would have mm. been like too mm. too raw for people still. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it, it, people were ready for a movie like this by 2010. Yeah, um, but but then also I was thinking this is the heart of The Office and Parks and Rec and the mockumentary style. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering if, uh, if mainstream audiences could... I don't think like this movie didn't become like widely popular, but... Maybe if it had like more distribution or get more eyes on it, maybe it could have really took or something. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, because I do still consider this one like, although it's very very good, and I put it up there with one of my favorite comedies uh, in, of the decade. That um, it is still underrated, and Film Four put it out, uh, and they they've done a few things that we've covered before, like The Favorite, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Twelve Years a Slave, mm. Shame, and Carol. Um, mm. So, I mean, mainly British distributor. Yeah, I, they're I the um, film branch of Channel 4, um, which is like, um, I think it was created in the 80s, or, yeah, late 80s. Uh, it's kind of a more kind of edgy... Oh. I was just about to ask if Channel 4 was a streaming service. Uh, no, it's like... It's, it's like no, the... It's a uh, network, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's like it started off as like a very kind of comedy focused. Thing. Or they they have a lot of classic um, British comedies. Like they did the IT Crowd and Peep Show and um, like all of Chris Morris's TV stuff. Um, and then that uh, they uh, created Film Four. Uh, I think uh, one of the early things was Train Spotting and. Um, uh, they've worked with like Alex Garland and a lot of kind of, and Clio Barnard and I think Andrew Arnold, I think Fish Tank is a um, film four thing. Um, so yeah, they're like definitely one of the uh, biggest kind of indie, um, well, not quite indie, but you know, smaller British studios that definitely create a lot of interesting um, stuff. Yeah, it's like you say, like the the funding would come strictly in the country itself, and it would be, it would be interesting if Morris went outside of the UK to find yeah, um, support. Yeah, um, I think the movie did like relatively well in the UK, like for what it is, um, but definitely mm -hmm. grew uh, with uh, DVD and um, kind of very kind of cult trajectory. Um, I was like, God, did it get on the Netflix at some point streaming? 
Um, I'm not sure. It's I don't remember it, but it's yeah. not streaming anywhere here currently. I'm pretty sure it's on Prime for a while. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just like I mean, it's yeah, it's on... not any any of the big streamers here either. Mm. Yeah, um, I know. It's I think it keeps growing and growing at least um, in the UK. Uh, uh, which I'm happy mm -hmm. about. Uh, I've mm -hmm. contributed a tiny amount to. Uh, Done your part. Yeah. They, You're out yeah. on the street handing out flyers. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm the Watch fifth lion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, dressed up as an yeah. ostrich. <laughs> yeah, you're in the upside down clown costume. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, weirdly, um, not not yeah, too I... successful <laughs> method. That hasn't really worked out. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep going at it. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, also like a uh, small role for Benedict Cumberbatch at this time, right. worth mentioning. Um, yeah, yeah uh, The same year as Sherlock season one. Yeah. Which is obviously um, where he yeah. blew up, um, but mm -hmm. um, it had, it like it definitely had some notable stuff, uh, some British work before. Like he's got a small role in Atonement, um, which I think is probably the first time oh, I yeah. saw him. Yeah. Oh, was he one of the soldiers? I think. Uh, no, he's uh, one of the kind of uh, friends. Uh, in the mm. um, at the estate um, uh, towards the start, he's in um, Amazing Grace with a uh, um, Owen, the, the stretchy guy from Fantastic Four, the Welsh one. Who, uh, I can't remember his with the impossible to pronounce name. Owen Grufford or whatever his oh, name. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it, this was like. Yeah, a uh, small but uh, uh, great scene. Um, yeah, the arse man mm -hmm. wedge. That's definitely a, yeah, the arse man a quote. <laughs> You're a virgin at this. Yeah, <laughs> it's your first time. Yeah, yeah. This photo like, of him on Letterboxd is a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm ch I'm checking uh, again because I don't. Th I think this is the first time we're talking about anything that he's in. Um, which, which is like, I think it's more cool to see how he's blown up throughout the decade. Um, and then going back to something like this and being like, oh, wow. So you've always just taken um, bit roles like yeah, everybody else. Yeah. And now you're like Doctor Strange and you're going to be nominated for an Oscar. And, you know, but... and it's a big year um, next year for him in 2011 because he had War Horse, uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Um yeah, and then The Hobbit uh, came right after, and obviously Sherlock. He was Smaug. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, it was that great uh, behind-the-scenes footage of him <laughs> wriggling around on the floor. Yeah. Uh, very kind of committed yeah. presence. And, like, Benedict Cumberbatch is weird, because he can be a, a very kind of mannered, annoying, kind of self-conscious actor. Like, I don't, I don't think he's on the same level as like an Eddie Redmayne, where like he's like uncomfortable yeah. to watch act. Um, 
but um, <laughs> I, I, I have found a lot of his work hard to take, like Imitation Game, um, Black Mass, oh yeah. Zoolander Two. Um, I, I didn't really, I didn't really like. That's a horrible example. That was rude of me. But uh, no, uh, I, I don't really like his Doctor Strange until um, Infinity War. I think he's kind of interesting in that movie. I don't really like the movie very much. But uh, I think there he gets into. No, like, I, that I agree with you though with Infinity War. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he's one of the better performances and like, I, I, yeah, like he's, he's elevated in an ensemble, uh, more than just his solo movie. Um, yeah. And but it, no, yes. I actually lied that, um, he was in, he was in uh, 12 years of slave, which we've covered, right. but that movie has such a big ensemble. Uh, mm. that's like, I completely forgot. And also the same year he played Julian Assange. I, I always forget about that. Oh, no. Um, but no, I, I think you're completely right though. Like he can always be, he can always be like uh too serious right like um yeah like trying yeah. trying very hard to um i like the tv show he and patrick melrose like that was a pretty good miniseries oh, i didn't see that um yeah, yeah he's done like quite a few kind of yeah. Yeah. he's done quite a few kind of bbc miniseries like parade's end uh mm -hmm. hollow crown um sherlock if you count that and um <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, in Mowgli. I mean, he what? Was he? Who was he in Mowgli? He was Shere Khan. Oh yeah, oh. as fucking <laughs> a demonic version of <laughs> Shere Khan from the depths of my nightmares. Um, yeah, yeah, and then that's a core I, memory. Yeah, yeah. It, he gives his best performance this year in Power of the Dog. Um, she's absolutely incredible as we're. Yeah. Yes. Talking about yeah, yeah. before it's we started. That's work to date. Yeah. 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 Extraordinary work. Um, I think everybody I, said, like, coming out of Venice, like, people finally, or uh, people, oh my God, like, Jim Campion finally mm -hmm. solved how to use them properly. And I think that's incredibly accurate, mm -hmm. that, especially going yeah. through his catalog and, like, the things that he chose uh, building up to Power of the Dog. Yeah, that's like this. The prickliness to him, and it's like I think like, he's a good Doctor Strange. Hmm. I, I, I mean, he's definitely fine. Um, I think the first movie kind of leans into the kind of quippiness uh, too much, whereas if Lindsay Ward, they kind of get yeah, into like they try to make him Tony Stark two point a little bit. Yeah, uh, and then they kind of make him a bit more separated and kind of this kind of like omniscient uh, being who's kind of slightly removed from. Uh, what's happening and looking at looking at it from a uh, kind of uh, globe or huge perspective mm. that the other characters can't. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the standouts. In, yeah, in that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, Penguins in Madagascar. Who, who could forget? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know where we were. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's a good fucking movie. It's pretty. Penguins like, Madagascar. Um, it's very fun. <laughs> That's very good. They're penguins. Um, mm. It's pretty like uh, startling you, you to see sweet. like three of the four on his letterbox four are just MCU. It's like oh okay. Yeah. Basically, and, anybody that's been at any MCU movie yeah. that'll be the case. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I should have my expectations too high. <laughs> mm-hmm. I imagine Marissa Tomei's is just Spider-Man and uh, one of the Avengers or Civil War or something. Like, yeah. And then my cousin Vinny. Like, okay. Was she in Civil War? <laughs> yeah, for like a second. Yeah. I think for yeah. the scene. That's where oh, her... Oh, okay, because that's where her and RDJ had to have the, you know... Uh, that's what I was going to say. That's yeah. where their uh, relationship was born. Mm-hmm. The, the great romance of our time. Mm-hmm. Although, then, then they brought it to yeah. Favreau. <laughs> they gave Favreau the, the romantic subplot with Arnie. Have oh, you guys yeah, seen, that's right. Have you guys seen No Way Home yet? Style. No. No. I, no. No, I, I think we're the three left that haven't. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny thinking about like 2010 in film. Like, um, the year is kind of overall is kind of underrated. Um, would you yeah. put this at the top of your list, or have you? Um, I mean, I've been logged out of Letterbox. This is annoying. This is prime Letterbox time. But let me have a look. It's Definitely would be in my top <laughs> t- top ten of 2010. I'm trying to think of um, other films from that year. So yeah, it's definitely Piranha it's Man. A, Piranha 3D. Yeah. yeah. It, it was no. It was no when are you guys going to do the, uh, the Piranha Fortnite of Piranha 3D and 3 Double D? I'm winning on that mini series. It's all yours. Yeah. Yeah, we'll mark you down. Yeah. As, yeah. So kind of you. Say the word. <laughs> uh, I have seen um, both of those movies. So I did not like them. Um, that's my. Okay, I've, I found 2010. Let's. See. I think my favorite of 2010s got to be Certified Copy, uh, Kiara Stami movie. Yeah, uh, it's a great movie. Is, yeah, it's yeah, a blind you, spot. You guys have yeah. covered uh, you and Clay, Jack and Clay. You guys. Have done that on the podcast haven't you yeah uh rob franco was here for that one right right um shutter island uh true grit um uncle boon me uh meeks cut off i haven't seen meeks winter's bone which is shameful beginners oh oh i love love beginners isn't that 2011 or is it 2010 uh which one Beginners. I, I think it must be like it premiered at a, at a festival in yeah. 2010 and then yeah. released in 2011. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, you know, like I think that release date is always confusing because Chris Plummer won the Oscar in 2011. Right. Um, mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'll, um, I'll, I'll, an episode that I'm eagerly awaiting to do is um, covering Somewhere with Dan Mecca. That's, that's like great. That's a great yeah. one. Any episode with Dan Mecca. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only Sophia Coppola I haven't seen. Um, So if you guys do that, I'll definitely uh, watch it. Yes. I haven't either. Yeah. Mm -mm. I'm one of those weirdos who, uh, On the Rocks, is my favorite Sophia Coppola movie. Um, Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's fascinating. I'm not not the biggest fan, uh, like... (laughs) By any means, wow. I, I I like her a lot. On the rocks, that, that movie like really hit me hard. Uh, like the relationship, 
between Murray and Rashid Jones, and I think Murray's incredible in it. Um, like it's such a kind of profound yeah, wealth of sadness, uh, uh, whilst yeah. also you know having the persona, but also kind of a new kind of depth and uh, melancholy to it. Um, which I really appreciate, yeah, especially in the French in, in the French French in the French Dispatch, has that same levity. Mm. What a great Pathos. movie. I'm so, yeah. I'm so yeah. annoyed by uh, great, how great movie. Uh, disrespectful people have been to French Dispatch. It's, I know. Like, I will always... Seriously, it's it's higher tier West. Yeah. Yeah, it's my fourth. I don't think anything can really crack the top three uh, of uh, Budapest, mm -hmm. Tenenbaums, and... The big Steve three. Sissou. Yeah, it's, it's tough to make the three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, French Dispatch is... <laughs> It's right up there. It's one of my favorite films of the year. Um, and yeah. Jeffrey Wright is just um, extraordinary in it. Yes, agreed with all of that. Um, more good movies in 2010. Unstoppable, Poetry, yeah. The Trip, Another Year, okay. The Way Back. I just, just want to shout mm -hmm. this out. You know, because, I don't know, I feel like less people pick movies from this year just because, like, it's in the first half and it's like, you know the the later half is like more well remembered but um it's just yeah. it's just more of a time capsule than any other year i feel um yeah um, i feel like I, the first year of any decades like that it's almost like an extension of the previous yeah, decade totally totally yeah um and, mm. and it's like you know we're just getting our our uh the ground is just being set for and it, if you think about it like you know the movies that come out in 2010 were uh made and filmed and produced in the previous decade so like they're kind of products of that decade. what are you trying to say that they don't uh, count i'm not i'm just saying that's <laughs> why they feel they can feel different um you know i would say like, go back to, like, 1980, movies that come out in 1980, they could feel more like mm. 70s movies than 80s movies. That's yeah. that's all I mean. Like, The Shining, like, always tops uh, best of Gloria. us. But then that always, Gloria's it's much more 70s. Yeah. Gloria, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and an 80s yeah. <laughs> Totally. Or, uh, um, I think Dress to Kill is 1980, so it's like, Right, yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. I need to see that. Um, heard mixed things. <laughs> it's, it's a problematic, fave. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Yikes. It's like they're being pop stars. Like, let's call it mixed reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it, gave it the shit emoji. Yeah. Uh, have you guys done pop star? <laughs> No, we're waiting. We're oh. uh, we're waiting for nothing. But yeah, people. Mm. We have a few, spot few for people me who want it. Oh, oh, it's so amazing. Good. Yeah, that's another um, one of my yeah. like most watched comedies of this decade for sure. Yeah. Fuck Bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's this great. Oh, speaking of, honestly, like I've, I, I forgot about the the part that uh, Omar's rocket that he misfires. Kills yeah. Bin Laden. <laughs> like, yeah. I remembered the, the movie pretty well in, like, the sequences, but, um, and, yeah. you know, the fact that a year later, like, 
like Obama, like Bin Laden turns out dead, and like um, yeah, it's, it's not just... too far, far in between. Yeah, speaking to like what well, time capsule this is, uh, like uh, like Bin Laden's assassination feels like one of the kind of big early historical moments of uh, this decade, um, and the fact that this was made just before uh, is uh, really interesting. Um, and it's such a great visual, visual gag of the kind of profile uh, of Omar with the rocket launcher, and he just flies forward. Um, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> and top bring and it got back a big at laugh the end. In class. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's great, guys. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's what. That's like what we keep coming back to. Um, mm. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about a comedy because at the end of the day, you just need to watch it. Like, there's only, like, it's really funny. <laughs> like, and yeah, you have to experience, yeah. <laughs> experience it for yourself. Well, Explaining the, the jokes. Funny lines. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I love um, this movie. I'm glad I got to be on and talk about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, share, share it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and I guess like one more thing to to bring up. Like, clearly, um, talked a lot about this during our Patriots Day episode, but of course, like ending this during a marathon, when a few years later, a uh, very big terrorist attack happened, also uh, at an event similarly. And you know, like, of course, it's it's like uh, like we say, it's a time capsule of things that could very well happen, and uh, it's like. It's it it kind of like you would, I mean, for me, you would uh, you would assume that's why Morris plans out the end to take place here because it's such like a wide open thing and like there's a lot of running, there's a lot of like looking out for pedestrians and like you know, but um, yeah, it's pretty unsettling to think about it. Yeah, it's it's better than a, a sheep or uh, a mosque. Uh, yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If, I don't remember there being a like, there being a marathon bombing here, uh, at least before the movie took uh, came out. Um, so again, it shows mm. how you know the movie, uh, you know, was uh, kind of predicting a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like. Um... It never feels like a switch is automatically turned on when they're actually going out to commit the, the terrorist attack. It just, they just, um, yeah, because then there would just be this anger and spite the movie has um, that's all of a sudden hidden and or all of a sudden like coming out of it. Um, yeah, lastly, do we like think a... the movie could have a sequel? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> I just heard what you were going to say. Um... But yeah, like the <laughs> final attack feels like a kind of spur of the moment thing, like a window of opportunity, which I think contributes to uh, Wajin Hassan's kind of regret or reticence uh, once they actually get there. It's like it becomes very real very suddenly, um, which uh, yeah. adds to the kind of... They didn't think the, through uh, how, how real it would be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just that... Yeah. Like I said before, that tonal shift is 
um, so kind of deftly handled. Uh, but no, I don't think there will be a sequel, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't can't see it happening. Yes. One movie it made me think of was uh, Nocturama. Did you see that? Right. Oh, yeah. I know of it. I, I've always wanted to see that one. That's kind of like the opposite of this movie, where it's, I mean, it's not a comedy at all. Uh, it's like a very intense drama, like, uh, I don't know if teenagers, but definitely like young adults trying to pull off a terrorist attack. Um, yeah. And uh, this this made me think of that. Yeah, and that, that movie's ending, not to spoil it, like, also has like the reality of it kind of crashing through. Um, the consequences and uh, you know what what this mm-hmm. means for these kids. Um, uh, yeah, again, sh- showing kind of the humanity of uh, people uh, uh, committing these acts uh, whilst not um, kind of justifying them. Um, so yeah, that, that's a very good comparison. Right. I thought about that. Yeah, uh, and that's is that French. Yeah, it's uh, Bertrand I believe uh, so, Benello, yeah. who did uh, Yves Saint Laurent, uh, mm. yeah, the movie uh, a couple of years ago, I think. Did he do uh, Zombie Child, or was that someone else? Yeah, he did Zombie Child, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I believe... Yeah. It's pretty Friend good, of the show, definitely... Michael Snydell recommended Nocturama to me. He, I think it was his favorite of that year. So that's how I checked it out. Thanks. Yeah, d- yeah. Definitely up there for me. Yeah. For well, sure. do we have any final thoughts? Or should we go to favorite scene? Good favorite scene. Yeah. Anybody have one? Yeah. And now Greg, uh, well, it's just one, one of you guys go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, for me, favorite scene and favorite moment would probably be different. Um, I think I'll go with favorite moment because, like, it's probably the hardest I've laughed in a movie in, like, a really long time. And that's, that's, is when Riz Ahmed, like, shoots the missile. This is God's plan. He's put us here to defend the camp, isn't he? This is our jihad. Think about it. It's a mistake, No, 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 listen. That's the devil. He's in your brain giving it the what's up, what's up. Don't listen to him. God's in your heart, bro. Right? What's your heart say? Trust me. Come on. It says, uh, maybe we should, um... Huh? Maybe we should flip him, pop it, brother. That's right, Get that's back right. on your head. Good watch. Right, good. Okay. Okay. We're going to use this. Oh, fucking yes, bro. Shh, shh, shh. Right, come on. Come on. Proper mujahid, yeah. Yeah. Proper ding it up his ear, brother. Mind out the way now. All right, okay. Right, come on. Flip it, pop it, brother. Flip it, pop it. Okay. The Arabs! The Emir! The... Oh. Oh. oh, flipping shit! Is this God's will, bro? Tell me his, bro! Tell me it's God's will! Like, that, that was just like so unexpected to me. Like, the way he f- flies back, I'm just like, oh my god. And then yeah. it, like. <laughs> it goes even farther when you see the missile hit, and you're like, Jesus Christ. I thought that was, like, a really good moment. Uh, probably my favorite. 
and there's no buildup. It's like watch out for that button or something, you know. Yeah, it was like so unexpected. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that. Nice. Um, I think for me, it's probably the keynote speaking panel uh, that Barry is at, and uh, you have Hassan abroad fighting British foreign policy. What they want to do is get on peacefully with mm. their daily lives. And we support yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good Muslim always keeps his mouth shut. Oh, that is yeah, it. yeah. You're surprised kids are going off to training camps. That is not what I said. So why saying. are kids going off to training camps? Right, well, first off, I object to the term training camps. <laughs> you just used it. No, I did not. It's a Western fantasy. You people think of Muslims running around the mountains with guns and bombs. Yeah, that would suit you down to the ground, wouldn't it? But they do exist, don't they? I'm, I'm not saying they don't exist. What I'm saying is, if you'll listen, is that if they didn't exist, you people would have to invent yeah, them. Absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man, this whole debate is twisted, we'll take man. questions later, no, no, please. No, 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 man. You think we're all bombers, don't you? That is absolutely... No, 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 no. When you look at someone like me, you think bomber, right? Yeah, you do. No, it's not... So, why shouldn't I be a bomber if you treat me like one? Mashallah, brother. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah. And a mujahideen, and I'm making a scene. Now you're gonna feel what the boom boom means. It's like Tupac said, when I die, I am not dead. We are the martyrs, you're just smashed tomatoes. Allah Akbar! Mashallah, brother. Oh, what, man? What? What? Just because I'm Muslim, he thought it was real. With the fake bomb on his chest, it, it that got like such a funny laugh in, in class when we saw it, and, and yeah, same, same again. It's uh, it's it's like Barry as a character can be summed up so well in that moment too, where it's just like such a contradiction, um, but be- has such strong-headed beliefs. Um, yeah, that they're just never willing to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, oh sure. As uh, so many, I'd say, you know, um, the biggest laugh for me is definitely um, Faisal uh, dying. But I think my favorite scene is uh, Wadge's final scene. Fucking number unknown again. Is that why my cop going straight to hell or what? What are you doing? Hello? Hello, watch, bro, it's Omar. Omar? Omar? Watch. Tell me what to do, bro. I think I might be confused, but I'm not sure. Listen, listen, bro. You do what I do, right? You do the same as me, okay? Yes, brother, I do the same as you. Right, okay. I'm gonna give myself up, bro. Eh? I'm gonna give myself up, bro. Watch! Watch! shop uh where you know it really yeah. kind of uh brings uh it all home and his relationship with omar and um just that such a gut punch uh 
um, really kind of brings the comedy and tragedy together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's such pathos it, there. It's a really good ending. Yeah. Mm. And it, it could only have. And then it just doesn't go way. on after yeah. a while. It's just. Yeah. 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 I was just gonna. I was just gonna say the same thing. Um, yeah. It, it feels inevitable. Yeah. Like. I don't Thanks for bringing this one to us. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I, you know, I uh, yeah. had a great time talking about it, and um, glad you guys like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this felt like one that was like always under the radar, but the people who championed it really championed it, like yourself handing out those flyers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not nec- yeah. not necessarily like a defining film of the 2010s or anything, but um, definitely a movie that's right. Very yeah, yeah, but still one that's yeah. like great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and, and especially of dark comedies, I, I suppose. Like that's. It's like very yeah. niche subgenre that I think this defined immediately, uh, in my estimation. Yeah. Uh, do you have anywhere to plug or promote anything? Like, <laughs> like we uh, talked about up front. Not or... really. It's fine. Not really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, just uh, thank you guys for having me. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, I can be found on Twitter. At Jack A. Draper. Um, my letterbox is Jack Draper 7. My writing on film is on my own personal medium and The Boston Hassle. Uh, this movie for the US folks, uh, and from, I guess for myself, for the sub- subscriptions I have, um, it was on Tubi and Canopy and I think Hoopla. Um, uh, for next week, we're going from the very beginning of the decade to the very end with Johanna Ogg's The Souvenir. Ooh. And uh, Natalia Kyogen will be here for that from Slate. Yeah, excited for that. I haven't seen that yet, so... Yeah. You gotta do part two as well. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at T-Money Talks, where... You know, it's January here in Chicago, and uh, it's like 15 degrees outside right now. So uh, I'm watching a lot of stuff at the moment. <laughs> like, I think my watching kind of goes up and down in, in phases, and now is definitely like peak watching uh, days. So getting in uh, that, I guess not the end of the year anymore, the beginning of the year watches. Um, but yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on ETT Pod. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at exiting2010s. You can email us at exitingthroughthe2010s at gmail.com. And we will catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s.